everybody. Welcome back to the Stadium Journey Podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's our sixth annual end of the year podcast. People, we've been doing this for six damn years. That's awesome, man. No. And they said it wouldn't last. No. Well, it, it lasts as long as and we want to last because we're not getting rich off of this. Thing. If you do a podcast and no one listens, is it technically happening? We lost our sponsorship to, to Jim's uh, quick and easy lube. lube. All I can think of is now cheers. If a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? How do you know it fell, the coach says. Does the Pope, yeah, does the Pope Maybe some the beavers gently laid it down on the ground. Anyway, anyway, our stadium journey. Dot com, the new website. Have you checked out the new website? Have you? Huh? It's awesome. You should go check it out if you haven't yet. Um, we are the world leader in sports travel information. We have reviews of over 2,500 stadiums from all around the world. They're not all over to the new set, site yet, but a whole bunch of them are. We are working hard at that. We are more than just an awesome website. We're an awesome podcast. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. If you're looking for audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast, maybe you want to just listen in your car and you drive into work, go to your search engine for podcasts, type in H-I-A-C Talk Radio Network, wherever you find your favorite podcast, we'll be there. Video simulcast, say you want to chill out in front of your laptop, hook it up to your TV, whatever, and watch. Look at our smiling, beautiful faces. Watch the podcast. Go to our YouTube page. All the podcasts are there. Years and years and years of them. And if you want to be part of our live studio audience, like I'm sure Gregory is, we record live every other Tuesday night, usually at 7. I was a little late. I apologize for that. At danlaw.tv. So, How you know, dare you a, having a life? Oh, I, I know. Son of a bitch. What was I doing anyway? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, it was work. <laughs> Some life. Hey, the gang's all here tonight. We should be all here. We should actually be formal. It's the end of the year episode. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. This is formal as we get, guys. T-shirts, sweat, sweatshirts. I'm still in my work clothes, so <laughs> I look better than you. Well, maybe I don't look better, but I'm dressed better. Uh, Mark Viquez is here. Find him at Ballpark Hunter. The above-average comedian Dan Calachico's here. Follow him at DanLaw83. And my name's Paul Baker. For those of you who haven't guessed that already by the little name there on the screen, you can follow me at PuckmanRI. So, like I said earlier, this is our end-of-the-year episode. For those of you who are in the peanut gallery, feel free to chime in. We basically break this into four segments. We talk about the best game we saw all year. We talk about the favorite venue we visited this year. We talk about the favorite city that we visited. And we talk about what place or game or event surprised us the most, the biggest surprise of the year. So without further ado, let's get started. So we're going to start off with the best game we saw this year. If anybody was in Vegas, you could talk about the Patriots, I guess, in that goofball play they ran oh maybe anyway, a little bit better but i digress <laughs> bill belichick situational football baby yeah all right uh best game best game of the year dan what's the best game you went to all year <laughs> <laughs> all right so i guess dan's answer is no. Did I go to a sporting event this year dan doesn't go to sporting events it's kind Did of ironic a he runs a podcast about stadiums in 2022, no. You went to a Genesis show or two, didn't you? I In 2021. You, I think you went to a, like a church softball game. I didn't even go to a church softball game. Did you go yeah, to somebody like like uh, projecting Genesis, or not Genesis, Ghostbusters Afterlife on the side of a barn or something? Like, <laughs> oh, <hell no. laughs> 
No, I watched that at home like 80 times. What are you talking Eight about? <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, yeah, that. no, I really did. I didn't go. I didn't go anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to depress you, Dan. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Keeps himself. Well, they were asking, uh, Marissa asked, uh, do you, we can do the interview in studio or you want to uh, do it over Zoom. And for a second, I was like, I'll cool. drive up there and back. I'm driving you know? to Philly, baby. Yeah. And then I was like, well, no, I'm going to do that next week. Never mind. I, I can't do that. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> Moving on. Well, how far driving? is <laughs> How old are you, Dan? Too old for driving. How far are you from Phil? Dan is the youngest member of the panel, by the way. I am 39 with knees of a 63-year-old, and that's too far to drive that far back and forth with crappy knees. And it, why, you, why, you usually, got Fred Flintstone's car? I got... <laughs> I'm not talking to anyone. <laughs> you yeah, won. Yeah, you win. On. Even for pork roll, that's too much walking. Hey! 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 Pork roll. We need a sign in the back, like pork roll consecutive. I need, I got space (laughs) right here. I need to put a pork roll, a Taylor pork roll sign or something right there. That would be awesome. That would would be awesome, awesome. man. All right. So I'm going to find one. Mark, how about you lead us off then with the best game you saw this year? I didn't go to any games either. Decided you to lying. stay home. This you week. lying piece of garbage. <laughs> and for any of our studio audience that is listening, if you ever do attend a game with Mark, be prepared to not see him all night. <laughs> that does happen because uh, the game I went to that I put on the best. Well, I did see this really awesome Kokomo Wildcats high school game with 5,000 people with this stud junior. Uh, I actually stayed and watched the game. But the game that I liked the best was uh, the Monon Bell classic which is a division three football game between two arch enemies wabash wabash college and depaul university and they may get maybe 500 people to a thousand people at a game at the highest for this nine thousand people to ten thousand people show up and alumni students they travel the 37 miles between the two cities to see it and it's everything it was cracked up to be tailgating, bands, music. The fan base is just screaming and cussing at each other. I mean, F Wabash, F DePaul. Uh, Wabash was making fun of DePaul because they didn't have actual bathrooms at their stadium. That's how primitive it is. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Wabash has bathrooms. They have a much modern stadium. It's true. I was up there as well the week before. Uh, much hey, nicer stadium without bathrooms. Yeah, no bathrooms. <laughs> so porta potties, and you know it's this small town, and you get to the game, and everything just evolves around this football game. And it was snowing that day, and it was the first time since I kid you not that I was at any sporting event that had snow uh, since the 1996 Grey Cup in Hamilton, Ontario. So we're talking Jesus. well over 25 years. So it was great. It was great to be in that atmosphere. People were throwing snowballs. They were told not to. I mean, every b- drunk students yelling at me because I was recording. I mean, it was such a blast. It was a blowout. The game stunk. I mean, DePaul blew out. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't an exciting game from a, a playing perspective. It wasn't close at all. Uh, but I went with some DePaul alums and, uh, you know, it was everything I had anticipated. It was a great time. It was cold. Uh, they had hot cocoa to warm you up. I mean, the food was just very basic food. 
but I had a blast. I mean, it's like you wish Division Three football could be like that a little more often, not just for one game a year, but I'll take it. I'll take it. So my favorite game, because I was watching the game, I was getting into it. Uh, the bell that they they fight for, I think it was donated in the 1930s, an old railroad bell, and you know Wabash is banging it the whole time. So next year, DePaul's going to be banging it. And uh, Wab- uh, Wabash is an all-boys school, so they don't have cheerleaders. They have like these dudes that have these red candy stripe overalls that cheer and sit on milk crates and and – it's it's an odd little celebration that they do, but yeah, I, that yeah, definitely my favorite game. Uh, most of the games I go to, Paul's right. I I don't watch the game. I walk around and just observe because I'm reporting from you know for Stadium Journey most of the time. So <laughs> this one, I actually bought a ticket, sat and watched. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. More than once, I have sat next to somebody and said, "How the hell is Mark on the field?" Yeah. Was that in Burlington, North Carolina? <laughs> it's happened more than once, Mark. <laughs> oh, more than once. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, I've, I've done that before. I did that in uh, Lake County this year up in uh, northwest Indiana. They brought me out for some trivia. <laughs> did uh, get, did like, they get him with the taser? And was he wearing clothes while he was running across the field? No, no. I had, ooh, nobody wants to see me. <laughs> he had uh, big water balloons in the shirt. And he was reenacting Morgana the Kitchen. No, then. not even my wife <laughs> wants to see me. No. She's like, cover up. Go work out. That would be a problem. Yeah. No. Yeah. Favorite game to Paul snow game, cold. Uh, I'd like to, I like to fish out some of those more like really small schools that have those huge division rivals. I, I think they, they can put themselves up, up there with the big boys as well, just for that one day. So absolutely. Don't sleep on the D3, man. No, no D3. D2 as well. Let's do it. Dave, how about yourself? Where was your favorite game of the year? You better not have the same favorite game as me. Paul Baker. I, I can tell you, no, I don't. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. And, and this is a little preview. This is going to be a first for me. This is a first year in review without any football. But I have some football. You have football. Don't lie. Because my game of the year is Minnesota United FC no. 4. Portland Timbers, four. High scoring game. Uh, highest scoring soccer match I've ever seen. Uh, I guess it starts right off at at um, Allianz Field. It which was is... your favorite game because you sat next to wow. me and Pam. Yeah, well, that too, that too. <laughs> uh, actually, this this game and it it rings in my ears because you know with the World Cup on, I'd call my dad and you know, hey, how's it going? And my dad would complain about soccer. He's been watching the World Cup, but he can play. I don't understand how people love this game. There's just not enough scoring there. So are you watching? Yeah, I'm watching. I'm retired. What else am I going to (laughs) do? So uh, I can't wait to retire. Yeah. Four, four. Uh, We saw the first goal was 13 seconds into the game, into the match. Um, You know, it, it was a TV game. It was on ABC. So it was a national TV audience. I don't know if, how that translates to what's happening on the pitch. It was thinking hot. Uh, it what it was hot. Um, Portland scores three straight. Like we thought we were, you know, assuming we're cheering for the home team, which is something I always try to do. Um, we thought we were kind of home and cooled out, and then boom, 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 boom. Uh, Portland scores three in a row, including I think what you said was. 
the worst soccer goal in the history of soccer. The goalie didn't hold the post and it snuck in like it was a hockey shot. Yeah, you know, like yeah, a hockey was, puck will sneak in a little space. Somehow, it was a, a little weird. In there, yeah. I would have missed all of that. Um, yeah, you would have told you would have been down at the uh, at the big brew pub underneath the scoreboard. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that brew pub. But Minnesota scored in the 69th minute off of nice. a corner that went off of one dude's head and then onto another dude's head before it went into the net. And I get, you know, really the only way that this could have been better is if Minnesota would have scored that last goal to put them over the top oh, and, yeah. and give them the victory. And but the hey, anytime you could say, I went to a soccer match, I went with one of the, you know, people who hates the soccer the most. <laughs> and he says, wow, we saw eight goals. No, that was, be that way. Yeah. It, it was, it was absolutely great. And, and of course to top it off, uh, if, if I wasn't clear, this was at the stadium journey convention. So that just, that just made it all, all that much better. There was and, 13 of our correspondents there. Yeah. And right after that, we went to a baseball game. So, no, my game of the year was actually my game of the year was a match of the year. Minnesota United four, Portland Timbers four. Nice, very nice. So, um, I actually put the uh, the bat signal out for our listeners and uh, Stadium Journey readers for the best game of the year that they went to, and I got one response. So you all suck. But Lynn's Lynn Smith did respond and said the best game I saw in 2022 was the jaw-dropping Big Ten record-breaking game in May that appeared on ESPN and other sports outlets. I'm not exactly sure what game she's referring to. You guys? In May? In May. Doesn't that have to be like, I don't know, baseball? Oh, that's right. I was assuming she was talking about basketball. No, basketball would be done. Yeah, so May would have to be baseball. Big Ten baseball game. I don't know. Big, uh, they must be SEC, right? No, Big Ten. No, she said it was a Big Ten game. Mm. I'm not sure, but that was the only response we got. got really? Step, our listeners got to step it up a little bit. W- where'd you post this on Twitter? Twitter. Wow. Well, guess. Yeah. Elon got a hold of that one and yeah, gave it the old. Yeah, ass. maybe Elon's got me. Uh, what is it called? Shadow band or whatever. All right, but anyway, it's my turn now. I like shadow dancing. I don't know. Yeah, Andy Gibb. That was a song. Man. That was a good song. That was a great song, yeah. All right. Andy yeah. Gibb. Poor Andy Gibb. Poor Andy Gibb. Got all the chicks. Yeah. Not for long. No. Okay. So, let's see. So, uh, let's see. By trade, I am a, a licensed and certified behavior analyst. So, one of the tools that we use as a behavior analyst is called an ABC chart. So, it's antecedent, behavior, consequence. So, I'm going to tell my best game story in an ABC fashion. Because it's a story in three parts, kind of. So, Mark, you are D3 football. I'm going to talk D3 basketball. Okay, let's do it. So, UMass Dartmouth, the team I work for as a PA announcer, went into the their conference tournament, the Little East Conference Tournament, as the top seed. And as the, I think at the time, they were ranked 14th nationwide. So, they, made, they cruised right to the final of the Little East Conference, which they hosted the final against... Keene State. Keene State is actually ranked number five in the country right now. So they were an up-and-coming team. They were the biggest rivals. Keene State played an incredible game. Game came down to the wire. Keene State 
had a three-pointer from the corner at the buzzer in regulation, went halfway down the basket, rolled around, and popped out. Ooh. So on to overtime we go. Same thing happens at the end of overtime. This time, they make the shot, take a little East title on our home court. Incredible game, but that's not my game of the year. You know, as a PA announcer, if any other PA announcers are listening, one of the hardest things to do is when you're the home team announcer and you've got to do the whole award ceremony for the other guys and still sound professional and still sound upbeat and still sound like you're proud of them. It's not as easy as you think. But anyway, uh, UMass Dartmouth still qualified for the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. Won their first round, so we're in the round of 32. So instead of... By losing the Little East Conference game, they blew their chance of hosting the first two rounds. That's how they do it in D3. You host little pods of four in different areas. Usually it's the top 16 teams get to host. So by losing, they fell out of the top 16, made the tournament, didn't get to host. So they had to trek up to Nazareth College in suburban Rochester, New York. We're into the B section now. First half of the game, they went down by 15 points. And uh, kind of went back and forth from there. They actually retook the lead once, lost the lead, retook it, lost it. Uh, Nazareth went on, a, went on a run in the middle of the second half. So with five minutes and 46 seconds left in the game, UMass Dartmouth was down by nine. Proceeded to score the last 20-something points of the game to take the game and move on to the Sweet 16. That was my game of the year. I actually trekked up. Pam and I trekked up to Rochester to catch that game. And, man, I have never felt more like a celebrity in my life. When I walked into the Nazareth gym, I got cheered by all the families and all the athletic department. Like, Paul, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, couldn't miss this. And I was rewarded by an incredible game. Um, And the the C part of the story is UMass Dartmouth went on to play the top seed in the country, Randolph-Macon, who proceeded to blow them out by about 25 points. Uh, Randolph-Macon, what an incredible story. They were in the tournament, six tournament games to take the title. Their average margin of victory was almost 30 points. They blew everybody out. I think UMass Dartmouth was actually their closest game. Hmm. They were just a wagon rolling to the D3 title. But that is my game of the year. I'm trying to think where the name of Nazareth Gym, Kadera Gymnasium at Nazareth College in Rochester, New York. My game of the year. Well, how, far is Rock, how far is Rochester from you? For me, um, let's see, three hours to Albany, another okay. hour to Utica, another hour to Syracuse, another hour to Rochester. So six hours. Oh, okay. A little bit of a drive. Yeah. yeah. D3 why, kicking butt. That's why everybody was surprised seeing me at the game. Look at that. Two D3 games and a soccer game in our games of the year. You never know. That. You Ooh. never know what we're going to talk about on these year-end shows. That's it. That's it, man. And it oh. just goes to show you, you never know where that great game or that incredible goofy play or incredible great play is going to happen. All right, so let's move on to our next category, our favorite venue of the year. Dave, would you like to start us off this time? Sure. So my favorite venue of the year, while it was tough, I had to actually pick. I had to pick between three. Well, I didn't have to. I had to pick between all of them. But I, give, give us I the run, give us the runners up. And uh, if the favorite venue should have abdicate their throne, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. But they were three very, very similar, very similar vintage, very similar look, very similar feel. And one of them I talked about already. It was Allianz Field, but it didn't quite make the cut. The other one was TQL Stadium, home of 
FC Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can but, see that. But you know what? What what kind of put it over the top for me and my stomach. So I went with my top venue for the year was lower.com field in Columbus, Ohio, home of the Columbus crew. Uh, all three, like I said, all three venues, they're almost the same vintage, you know, basically they've been built within about either two or three years of each other. And they all have a, that similar sort of feel, which is now, uh, it's now the norm for major league soccer. They have the the covered seats with kind of like the uh, Texas stadium hole in the middle, right? So the, the pitch is open, but the, the fans are covered. And um, I mean, other than protecting the fans from the elements, the other thing it does is it keeps that sound in and it just, it just creates such a better atmosphere. And, and I had been to uh, what was at the time it was map free stadium where, the crew used to play. It's called, I think it's called historic crew stadium now. Um, and, and it was wide open, right? Like the, the sound just dissipates. It just goes nowhere. So you have that kind of indoor feel, uh, in, in an outdoor venue, um, sleek, uh, black and, and gray, just a, a really sleek look. Uh, they have the, the supporter section, which is way cool. The Nordeca and, you know what? It, when it came down to all three of them, I thought, "Wow, you know, Cincinnati's really cool. They got the LED lights outside. That's really, that's really wild." Um, but Columbus, the location is that much better than all the other places. It's right down there with, with um, Nationwide Arena where the Blue Jackets play. It's we literally walked past Huntington Park where the Clippers play. Uh, to get to the to the stadium so you have all of those things that are around there too all those restaurants and whatnot but in lore.com field was a a concession run by schmidt sausage house oh nice so that was it that just put it over the top uh they had they had their ginormal cream puffs so i had one of those they had a, a special columbus crew cream puff uh, it was banana with chocolate drizzle, so that just that just kind of put it over the top for me. But that honestly, I felt like really lucky that I was able to do all three of those in one year, and they were just so so similar. And I brought my dad, you know, my dad, the the non soccer liking person, <laughs> to Columbus with me, and uh, we had some sort of travel snafus or whatever, and and. He he was not originally supposed to come, but he 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 did come because I had I had tickets or whatever, and uh, and he was and I said him I said yeah I know you don't like soccer, but you know what you'll just go and you'll have fun, and he was and he had a blast. He's like it was so much more fun in person than it is on television. So I think you said the same sort of thing, Paul, when we were in Minnesota. And you know what? That's what people who don't like hockey say about hockey too. Yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, my favorite venue, lower.com field. Pete McGinty, if you're listening, your new place gets the thumbs up. All right. Columbus crew. Pete McGinty, former yeah. guest on the Stadium Journey podcast. Yeah. All right, Mark, your favorite venue of the year. So I also went to lower.com field in Columbus. I had a blast. I think it's uh, probably one of my favorites above uh, Cincinnati. 
and Austin's QT Stadium, which I wasn't impressed. I know I'm going to tick off some Austin folks, but I'll get over it. It's not. Yeah, they'll get over it. And maybe the area needs to be redeveloped a little bit more. Maybe it was like 100 degrees dry heat. I, I don't know what it was. I was like, yeah, it's OK here. But Columbus was just the food, the Nordeca, the Nordeca like picnic area underneath it. I mean, the, the little uh, uh, outdoor street festival before. Yeah, it was it was a great time. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of thought about me, too. What what did I like? Uh, I went to some cool old vintage ballparks in Texas. I like those, but I'm going to go with the vintage basketball gymnasium here in Indiana with my favorite venue. It's uh, the Kokomo Memorial Gymnasium. It was built in 1949, and I always wanted to see a game there when it was sold out or near capacity. And I had been up there about four times prior to my visit just last week not even last week, several few days ago. And they have this stud center who is just, you know, he's the next big thing in Indiana basketball. He blocks, he dunks. He's already been recruited by 15 colleges. Tom Izzo was at the game that I was there uh, scouting him. Uh, so hopefully he's a big time guy. And the place was electric. It wasn't quite sold out because of weather and they had a game prior, but it was near capacity, and when that place is packed and the cheer block is going nuts and the fans are screaming, I mean, it's electric. And it just feels like you're back in time uh, watching basketball here in Indiana in the good old days. It's a good-looking gym. It's nicely constructed. No bad views in the building except when you get up to the higher portions uh, and the banners are blocking the image. Uh, they have a a video board in the center now. It's a separate gym away from the school. It was built before the new school was built, and it's in downtown. It's just like when you think of a nice, small, little high school gym. Well, it's you know it's a big high school gym for us. A small for us, big for other states. It, it, it just it looks the part. It has the smell. It has the ambiance, the banners, the colors. It just looks like this place should be packed for every game and it finally was after several years of attending uh, uh games there i may even go back up it's about a little less than an hour drive but i'll try to get up there when the weather's less icy and slippery i saw about three accidents on my way there but yeah i'm going with a classic uh gymnasium high school gym in indiana is my favorite venue uh I, like i said i've been waiting for that place to be packed for quite some time it finally was uh, and I, I look forward to going back because I think the good times are just starting again up in Kokomo. So uh, let's let's go cats. Eat them up. Nice. OK, so um, we've got a <clears throat> soccer stadium, a high school. I'm going to go the opposite end of the scale. And I'm going to name my for my favorite venue of 2022, one that I had actually been to before, but I hadn't been to. And I looked it up in 11 years. So the last time I had been there was 2011. I am talking about Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah. Another classic. In Chicago. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we are going with the classic theme. Uh, the reason I'm picking that as my favorite is when I first went to Wrigley Field, I thought it was a dump. Honestly, really did. Um, thought the concourses were dark and old-fashioned. I thought it actually... You know, people always compare Wrigley and Fenway because, you know, they're of the same vintage. Uh, they're about 100 years older than all the other baseball stadiums out there. But uh, maybe this is because of Theo Epstein and what he did. He, uh, they really modernized Fenway Park. 
and kind of blended the old and the new in a very nice way. They've kind of done the same thing in Chicago. So I know that even just driving into the neighborhood, into Wrigleyville, I was astounded at, at how nice and more modern everything looked. It was, it still had that nice touch of, what do I want to call it? Not grunge, but <laughs> dive bars and stuff. There's still some of those if that's what you like. But everything else looked really newer and cleaner. And then that old plaza outside of Wrigley that was before, I think it was just a parking lot. There was really nothing there. It wasn't utilized for anything. It's now an open plaza where you can hang up before the game and you can play some cornhole and you got other things going on. Thanks. You've got the giant, you've got the giant um team store out there now where you can get all kinds of stuff. It's not all the just the guys with the t-shirt carts and stuff. And then when you go inside, where it used to be at least on my last visit, it was grungy and dark and dank. It's well lit and well paved and bright, and it just looked wonderful. Then when you go inside the field, it's Wrigley Field. They haven't really messed with a whole lot on the inside. I mean, yeah, they've got some uh, some video boards up there on either side that the folks in the uh, the bleachers across the street might must not be too fond of, but... They're there, and they don't really detract from the experience. So I just really enjoyed Wrigley Park in a way that I hadn't during my last visit. So that is my favorite venue of 2022. And I got to, you know, sing Go Cubs Go at the end because they, they beat the Marlins. So it was a, just – and I got to see an afternoon weekday game at Wrigley. So always something I wanted to do. To do. The first time I went, it was a night game. Mm-hmm. That's always fun during the day. And uh, for the seventh inning stretch, it was right after Vin Scully passed away. So for the seventh inning stretch, they played a recording of Vin Scully singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. So it was just it was just a great afternoon. And that was my favorite venue of 2022. All right. Sounds great. That's a fun time. Wrigley, uh game at Wrigley during the day cannot beat that. Exactly. It's, yeah, it was something I always wanted to experience. The the day game uh, at Wrigley. Yeah, I've I've done day games. I think I've yeah, I think all my all my games have been day, which I never even thought about that. It's, yeah, they've all been day games. All right. So that wraps up our favorite venues. Let's move on to our favorite city. Mark, you want to lead us off this time? All right. This uh, one was pretty easy. It's Detroit, Michigan, the Big D. I had a blast up there. And uh, my experience with Detroit, you know, 20 years ago, and I used to zip through there across the Ambassador Bridge was to get to Canada as fast as possible because you didn't want to, you didn't want to get gas. You didn't want to ask for directions. You don't want to do anything in Detroit. You just want to get through. And and every now and then I would drive by, uh, Old Tiger Stadium, and I would just be like, man, I gotta get out of here. That's not the case anymore. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, in the ballpark area where all the where Ford Field is and Comerica and and Little Caesars. Uh, I went there for a game. I saw a couple Tigers games. I hung around uh, before uh, before one of the games on Sunday. Went to some of the bars, rooftop bars, had a beer, talked to people about it. Uh, beautiful, beautiful atmosphere. You know, the Riverwalk, I wish I would have spent a lot more time there. And uh, I wish I would have hung out in some other parts of the town as well. Uh, the, the nice parts. There, there's some, you know, iffy parts. But no, Detroit, Detroit's a great place to be. You see people walking around. You see people taking pictures. Uh, parts where there used to be just, 
it used to look like a dirge. It was just dark and dank. Like you said, Wrigley Field is kind of now full of life. There's a there's a lot of people coming in and experiencing things. You know, I, I had a couple of uh, conies at uh, Lafayette and All-American. I went to Hampshire. Can I tell you? Can I interrupt you? Those suck. Yeah. They suck? Yeah. They both suck. It, it's weird. Much better hot dogs, many, many places. No, you know, I would tell you this. The the ones I had in Providence, was that yeah. the, the New York? The New York system? Yeah, those are better. Yes. Yeah, those are better. And there's Absolutely. a place in Fort Wayne that makes a better Coney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, the, the All American and uh, Lafayette, every now and then I'll go there and I'm like, oh, that, that was, that one was better than the other. Every time I go back, I like the other <laughs> one. <laughs> That's right. That was going to be my next question. Which yeah. One but, like? but, yeah, they're, they're fine. And, you know, they're, they're no, some they're other. Fine. Good... When I say suck, I just mean they're not. As yeah. Good. They're, they're fine. It, the chili's a little different. It's, it's, but even that area used to be a little bit dodgy. So uh, Hamtramck, there's a place called uh, Amaris Pizza, which makes uh, pizza with some kind of with uh, some Middle Eastern Bangladeshi Bangladesh spices, like dried fish and some tandoori chicken. That was amazing. Uh, you have Detroit City FC, who had 7,000 people at their stadium. Hamtramck Stadium, one of the oldest, uh, one of the only Negro League stadiums uh, still around, was recently renovated. That's being used again for baseball, for youth tournaments and amateur games. Um, you also have Royal Oak, which is a suburb. They took a small little ballpark, uh, help through some uh, friendly donation by DJ LeMayhew, and turned that into a nice summer collegiate uh, ballpark in the Great Lakes League. Uh, so, yeah, I was having a time up there, and I, I easily could have stayed a few more days. I ventured into Toledo, which I guess technically is a separate town, but um, – yeah, I I like to go back because it's hockey season. Check out the Red Wings. Head over to Ypsilanti and, and now it's Ann Arbor. Ooh, <laughs> check out uh, Yost Arena. Maybe Ypsilanti for something else. But yeah, <coughs> Detroit, and it's only a four hour drive. It's it's not a bad drive. It's uh, just just a, a city that I never thought I would spend time in. Because I'll tell you this before I leave. Oh uh, five, I went to see my first Tigers game, and I was crossing the border into Windsor, Canada. And the custom guy goes, hey, "What are you? What are you coming to Canada for?" And I said, eh, "I'm gonna go see a gonna go see a Detroit Tigers game." He's like, "You're coming to Canada to see a Detroit Tigers game?" I'm like, "Would you want to spend the night in Detroit?" And he's like, "Yeah, good choice. Go ahead." Not the case. I would spend the night somewhere in the suburbs of Detroit. Maybe not Detroit, but just because I don't want to pay for parking at the downtown hotels. But yeah, Detroit. It's coming up. And anybody who's listening that maybe has the same thoughts about Detroit like I did, uh, go back and check it out. There's also some great museums that I haven't even discussed yet. The, the Ford Museum, the City Museum. I mean, there is some great spots to spend your time up there. Uh, Motown, another great museum to go to as well. Uh, if you like the history of music or have a soul, uh, you should enjoy that as well. So Detroit, number one. For twenty-two, nice, nice. Yeah, the, that stadium district is definitely up and coming. Yeah, yeah, Fox Theater as well. And, and I love the uh, that they they still use Tiger Stadium before yeah. they actually before they made it into the youth stadium that it is now. The corner ballpark. Yeah, we brought our our gloves, and it was just an empty field, yeah. basically. They yeah, I forgot to mention that I catch. went there as well. They they renovated that; they made it into a, a smaller ballpark with artificial turf. That area is up and coming. There's apartments and restaurants opening up. 
Uh, don't know what that's going to be in the future, but it, it looks like a, a, a place to be. I saw a seven-on-seven flag football tournament when I was there for little kids, and and that was a lot of fun as well. So I spent a lot of time watching sporting events throughout the Detroit area this summer, and like I said, it was a blast. Can't wait to go back. You know, you mentioned Ypsilanti there. They're celebrating in Ypsilanti like as we speak because – Eastern Michigan won only their second bowl game in history today. Oh, okay. Well, glad we brought them up. There's another reason. Another I reason went to a bowl game out. last week. I got a bone to pick with with our buddy Andrew Bowers, man. I was very disappointed <laughs> in the whole thing. You went to the shitty bowl. I did. I really did. The Fenway Bowl was lousy. Everything well, about it was lousy. Everything. Well, this is this is funny. So, so Eastern Michigan wins their second bowl game ever. They were in the Potato Bowl and they were playing San Jose State. Guess who they beat in their first bowl victory ever? San Jose State. San Jose State. <laughs> uh, yes, we'll go. We'll go to that bowl game only if San Jose State is playing. <laughs> Hook us up with a win, please. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. Your favorite city of 2022. My favorite city of 2022 is really close to San Jose State. <laughs> it's San Francisco. Nice, <laughs> nice. One of my favorite cities. In the I country. I didn't do a ton of sports there, uh, this go around. So I'm actually going to like kind of stretch San Francisco because the reality is is that there's so much more. Like you got that whole Bay Area, right? Um, so we were there in October this year, and, and actually, I the only sports I did was I, I walked down to Oracle Park, which is it's got to be in in just about everybody's top five major league baseball parks if you've been i mean it's it's absolutely one of the best so i walked down there walked around outside that mccovey cove and whatnot um also walked down to see the chase center which is the new arena Mm -hmm. for the um i was going to say the san francisco warriors but i'm sure they'll be the san francisco warriors soon enough uh for the golden state warriors uh and and they had a nice little plaza out front and a couple a couple things. So I, I haven't had the opportunity to go in there. Um but we did some sports outside. We did go to a San Jose Sharks game. Uh, but you got a lot of stuff around there. Of course, you have Oakland across the bay, you have Berkeley across the bay. Uh, you have Stanford, which is a big college town, kind of halfway between San Jose and San Francisco. Uh Santa Clara's got college as well. So they're all kind of there. Santa Clara is where the 49ers play now. Um, I got to say, uh, our buddy Dre, who's a, a a huge San Francisco 49ers fan, went to I went to Levi's Stadium, went to the the 49ers Hall of Fame, and I was kind of disappointed. They didn't. You know what? If you if you're going to a, a Hall of Fame that's in a stadium, you should actually be able to see the field at some point. And we were not even permitted to go up the stairs just to look at the field. So really that, yeah, that was a bummer. And they had some, you know, the interactive exhibits there, like almost all of them were broken. So, uh, hi. Yeah, it was, it was way too, way too right into what they're, you know, same. You really had to know your 49ers history to, to get a lot out of it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we had a we had a blast out there. As far as oh my gosh, tourism! Like, there's so many things you can do. You could go to Alcatraz. You could go to Pier 39, Girardelli Square, the Painted Ladies. Uh, we actually got to go into one of the Painted Ladies, which is, of course, the houses that they have at the beginning of, of uh, Full House. Um, 
I thought they didn't like having all those people around in that neighborhood. Anymore. Too late. Uh, they don't. Um, What's it? Alamos, the, Alamos the one, something is called. But somebody guy, decided to make some money off it. right? Yeah, the guy who <laughs> runs tours and, and mostly I think they're mostly corporate tours because that's where we had corporate tour. Um, you know, he donates all all the money. Well, not all of it, but all the proceeds go to a couple charities. It was his mom's house. And, you know, uh, but it was interesting. A lot of a lot of history there. Um, hidden gem. And this might have been. This might have been my highlight of, of San Francisco. Outside of, you know, eating and whatnot. Uh, go down to Pier 45. There is a place called the Musée Mécanique. Mm. And it is the oldest of old school arcades going. So you don't have like... I mean, they do have some, you know, Pac-Man and whatnot. But like a ton of like pinball machines and... And, you know, those creepy fortune teller things. And um, I played this this uh, this baseball, this pinball baseball game from like 1931. And it was just it was just uh, really fascinating. Hidden, so Hidden Gem, Musée Mechanique, it's at like Pier 45 right on right on the bay there. So, uh, yeah, my favorite city of the year, San Francisco. Nice. I love San Francisco. It's been a long time yeah. since I've been there. Yeah. My dad's favorite, one of my dad's favorite cities in the United States. He, he lived there too for a little while. All right. I'm up next. If you are, you know, watching our live tweets on, on Twitter, you'll, you'll realize that I jumped the gun and already posted mine. So you know what I'm about to say. Oh, I didn't see that. My favorite city of 2022. It's actually two cities, but I'm going to count them as one for today's purposes. If Dave can count a, count a whole Bay Area, I can count the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. So my decision came down to Minnesota, Minneapolis and Chicago because I visited both and I love Chicago, but I've never called it my favorite. The reason I picked Minneapolis is because like Dave, like Dave, you were saying, you got to do all kinds of stuff in San Francisco and Minneapolis. We were there for three days and we did a ton. When we were in Chicago, we were there for three days and went to five baseball games and did a little touristy stuff. So I feel like I got to see more of the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Plus, we got to see a lot of games. We saw the uh, the Minnesota FC. We saw the St. Saint Paul Saints. We caught a Twins game. And who else did I see there? I saw one other game there. Oh, I went down and saw the Rochester Honkers in Rochester, Minnesota. That's not actually in the Twin Cities. It was about an hour and a half away. Yeah. But it was still well, a lot fun. of fun. <laughs> and uh, in Rochester, Minnesota, I went to uh, what is now my favorite brew pub in the nation, Forger's Brewery. In Rochester, Minnesota, best food I've ever had in a in a bar, bar not none. surly, bar none really, and uh, the beer was pretty damn good too, and, and they had a live jazz jam band going on, so it was just that was just a fun night. But anyway, um, Minneapolis, besides the excellent sports facilities there, and they've got a brand new football stadium, which I heard is incredible. They've got the Target Center, which I haven't visited yet. You've got University mm. of Minnesota. Um, so you got a lot to do in the area. And if you're there in the summertime, the Northwoods League has teams all over the place. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we got to visit Rochester and see the Hawkers, which was false advertising because their mascot is a goose. Anyway, nobody laughed. I'm sorry. <laughs> they honk. Right? Yeah, goose's honk, <laughs> yes. Um, but in Minneapolis, like uh, Dave was saying, he did a lot of stuff. Besides sports, uh, we went to, they have the that outdoor sculpture garden, which is just amazing. 
Uh, and it's got great views of the downtown skyline. It took some, you know, the, that famous sculpture of the spoon with the cherry, the cherry. on it is there. And they've got a whole bunch of other ones. And right next to that sculpture garden is a little town ball field. So yeah, we parade. actually caught caught a little bit of a ball game while we town were there. Parades, yeah. parades, par parade stadium. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right there. Um, what else do we do? Uh, Fifth Avenue is there. We checked that out. Like any kind of band that goes through plays at Fifth Avenue. First Avenue. First Avenue. Yeah. Maybe First Avenue. Whatever it is. Yeah. Prince made it famous. Speaking of Prince, you can go tour Paisley Park Studios if you so desire. Oh, uh, geez. What else? Uh, food. We had some Juicy Lucy's. I'm not a huge fan of Juicy Lucy's. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. They're good. They're, but there's a lot. There's always a long fine. wait for them. It's a double cheeseburger with the cheese in the middle. I mean, okay, great. <laughs> I've had I've had some good Simple. ones. I've had some not so good ones. So, oh, geez, what else did we watch? I don't know. We had all kinds of stuff. We did all kinds of stuff. So, did Minneapolis. You, did you take the mill tour? The old mill that blew up. No, but yeah, that's another tourist attraction there. And you got the Mall of America. We did not do. We had done yeah. that actually last time we were there. So, didn't need to go see a mall again. Um, if you're a baseball fan. The Mall of America is built on the site of the old Metropolitan Stadium. So inside the mall, they have the seat where Har Harmon Killebrews, was it his 400th home run or his last home run or his longest home run? But it's there. It's one of those three, and it's, but it's way up on yeah, a wall. It, mall of America has an amusement park inside of it, an actual amusement park with rides and little roller coasters and things that go around. It's, and so the, the chair, it's a single chair, Way up on the wall, you know, maybe 50 feet up in the air all by itself. And you say, what the hell is that chair? That's, yeah, it was his longest home run, 522 feet. Run. Okay. And it's way up there. So I wonder, is the chair 500? Because you can stand at home plate. They got home plate marked out on the ground. Now, that's tough to find, but it's right near SpongeBob's roller coaster. And you can stand there and you can look out and see where he hit that longest home run. So I don't know if that's 500 feet away, but it was pretty far. So. You can even do a little shopping and do a little baseball history. So my, my city of the year, Minneapolis, St. Paul. All right. So that brings us to actually, it's, this is my favorite category of the four. I mean, the other ca categories are awesome. They're solid. But this one, the biggest surprise, where did we go where we weren't expecting much and we just got blown away by the experience. I know uh, in the past, one of mine was uh, this the uh, Cal Baptist Event Center. So a place like that. We, we got off an airplane, went to a ball game, uh, basketball game, expecting this little dinky gymnasium. And what we got was this modern, brand new, shiny 5,000-seat basketball arena. So we're looking at something like that, something where you weren't expecting something and you just had a great time. So, Dave, are you going first for this one? Uh, sure. Uh, I had, I mean, I guess a, a sort of side surprise was I was surprised when I was in Quebec, how many guys were drinking like seltzers instead That's of That's a thing now. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. Um, well, did they have all man buns too? Uh, no. <laughs> Big beards? And they were like pounding them back like they were beer too. It was, yeah. I don't know. It I've was seen surprising. It too. Do they have any alcohol in them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's like when Mike's Hard Lemonade and stuff like that yeah. came out. People would drink those things like crazy. And Bartles and James. Yeah, now they're dead. <laughs> oh, God. I was too uh, anyway. young for my friends to be drinking Bartles and James. Like, uh, my, my, the commercials um, were awesome. Yeah, no, my biggest it. surprise was really an event. Uh, my biggest surprise was March 19th, 2022. It was in Gatineau, Quebec at Centre Slush Puppy. 
the brand new home of the Gatineau Olympique, where uh, I got to see Yves Gascon play goal for the Olympique. Uh, she was the first female to play in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in over 20 years. And uh, it was her first game. And now, you know, the, the way it worked out, the um, the Olympique had, had some injuries over time. And, and this was kind of building. They had brought her up from Junior B, I guess. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it brought a whole different feeling to that game. And, and the support that was there... Um, the the locals were were like right right into her uh into her her journey i guess uh you know they were right behind her uh, almost more than the team itself so uh unfortunately the olympic lost 5 to 4 in overtime um she did look a little nervous uh or whatnot right off the top like i think she let in the first shot but you know, over time, it kind of it kind of built, and it was a it was a neat experience. And and while I when I planned on going to Gatineau, I was not planning to go and see Eve Gascon, but uh, but there she was. So it was her first game. She ended up playing two during the season, and I got to be honest, I'm not sure what she's doing now. But uh, that was my surprise of the year. Oh, she's not back this year. No. What is, did she? So she ended up. She played two games. Did she win either of them? Or uh, I don't think so. I'm sorry, trying to type them. All right, so um, that's awesome. Uh, Mark, how about your biggest surprise of 2020? Uh, biggest surprise is a stadium that is, I think, currently being knocked down right now. So how about that for uh, the list? It's uh, Ned Skelton Stadium in Maumee, Ohio. They're knocking that down. They're not going to doubt. I'm looking at uh, videos of it. Uh, former home of the Toledo Mudheads and a long history dating back uh, well before uh, baseball. It was a former uh, racetrack. So when I went to Detroit, I drove back home to Indianapolis. And I drove from downtown and I took some side streets and I found myself in downtown Maumee. Isn't that weird where they used to put those ballparks right in these yeah. residential neighborhoods? Well, yeah, exactly. It was nowhere because they had the old ballpark was in Toledo and then they folded and then they wanted to bring baseball back. So some civic leaders, I think Ned Skelton was one of them, said, hey, let's convert this racetrack into a ballpark. People drive now, so nobody wants to be downtown. So, yeah, you're right. It's way out of downtown Toledo and it's was at the fairgrounds. It wasn't any any spectacular place except um, – you know, we you know when when, you, when we compare ballparks, it's amazing to think that that was the stadium uh, for so many years. Sixty five to 02 they played. So I'm driving through Mommy and I, and I see the the Mommy movie theater and I'm like, oh, I'm in Mommy. Isn't the old ballpark near here? So took a couple turns. Boom, there it was. And as I uh, kind of rolled to the back to take some pictures, I saw some people playing baseball. I'm like, what the heck? So got it on my card. Walk through the right field, I mean, left field fence. Um, yeah, there was about uh, seven people watching the game from the grandstand in a, like, 12,000-seat stadium. <laughs> and With trees it, growing up through the grandstand and everything still? You, you know, the grandstand, it, it looked, yeah, it looked deserted. 
Uh, I mean, it looked bad, but it didn't look as bad as trees growing through it and dangerous places. Oh, they must have uh, cleared it up since I visited. Yeah, I, it, the, it, I once did the same thing you did. Yeah, it was cleared by the time I got up there. However, I think they didn't really want anybody walking up on the grandstand, and here I am hitting every spot I could get. And it's home of a baseball league, over 45-year-old baseball league that has about eight teams. They get players from all over the area, even from Detroit. And there's about six or seven teams in the league this year. And I just hung out watching baseball on a Sunday evening. I still had about a good three hours to drive home. And I'm like, screw it. We're going to hang out here because I I knew I wasn't going to get back up here. Uh, because they had told me, hey, this is the last year we're playing here. They're going to knock it down. They're, they're going to probably keep the field. But the whole grandstand seats will be donated. It's all going to be gone. Uh, so here I am just walking around the stadium. You can check out my YouTube video of Ned Skelton. Uh, biggest surprise was not expecting to be in an old former ballpark. I thought it was either. I knew it wasn't knocked down. I just thought it was, you know, locked up. And, you know, you would have to sneak in by climbing a wall or something, <laughs> which I wasn't going to do. And uh, this was just a door. The gate was open. I got to see some baseball guys older than me still playing for the love of the game, uh, wearing uniforms that were quite nice. I mean, these, these guys were were legit. You know, they, they weren't running as fast as uh, they, they probably did about 20 years ago, 30. But it was a lot of fun. I, I had a great time. I really wish I uh I really wish I had a few more days. I, I usually could have just watched the whole game and you know just hung around Toledo a little bit more. Uh there's things to see there as well. But yeah, that was the biggest surprise. I was not expecting to see that. And unfortunately, it is being knocked down as we speak, or or maybe it is knocked down. Who knows? I I feel like you get pieces of information from Toledo. They don't want to tell you anything. <laughs> they're, secret, they're secretive about their their uh, infrastructure. So, but you can check out the video. I have it for prosperity for, uh, on YouTube. So enjoy. Yeah, I did the same thing on one of my trips through Toledo. Yeah. I went and uh, checked it out, and yeah, it's it's part of a whole big complex. They've got a whole bunch of different fields there: softball, baseball fields, and they were at the time, this was, you know, maybe 10 years ago, they were still yeah. letting people sit in the grandstand, but there were trees growing up. And I used to work with a player who used to play in the major leagues and he spent quite a bunch of years in the international league and was absolutely amazed by the pictures I took from uh, nice. Ned Skelton field. So, yeah, no, and I got a lot of good pictures and videos because, you know, there, there were some nice little nostalgia, like there was the old garbage can was still there. Uh, there was a doorway leading to, I think, a like a like an adult club. It said no minors allowed, you know, just like little little things like that. You couldn't walk down to the concourse below. That was sealed off. There might have been some there was like trees underneath the grandstands. That's the only time I saw them. But, yeah, it's end of an era. And it's amazing that that was up there for 20 years abandoned. I I think yeah. Places like that, like Thurman Munson Field and Canton and all those places, they just and they just built them in weird spots where we wouldn't build it. I mean, today. yeah, d different way of thinking about minor league baseball back then. I think people were doing things on the cheap, and then somebody opened yeah. up a place like Waterfront Stadium in in Trenton, New Jersey, or Toledo's uh, Fifth Third Field, and it's like, yep, this is how we want them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a great little yeah. hidden gem. Oh, uh, yeah. Dave, you, we were talking about uh, Eve Gascon just a minute ago. Yep, you had a little information on it. Do you want to? Share it just in case anybody's curious. Uh, yeah. Uh, so 
actually, Eve Gascon did win her second game, not the game that I went to, but the the second game. Uh, this year, she's playing at a Cégep in Quebec, and she's um, and Cégep is kind of like junior college. I that's the best kind of comparison I can give it because in Quebec they have their own sort of system. And she is set to uh, well, she's committed to go to Minnesota Duluth for next season uh, and play play women's hockey. All right, so uh, like it. And for those of you who aren't familiar with women's college hockey, UMass, uh, UMass, Minnesota Duluth is is one of the top programs in the nation. So, okay, so she's got a future ahead of her. Maybe I'll see her in the NWHL in a few years. There you go. Okay, so for my biggest surprise of the year, you guys went kind of smallish. Huh? PHF. Oh, my goodness. I did do that, didn't I? Oh, that's all right. Hey, we all make mistakes on here. I said Central New Jersey one time, right? Is that correct? No, that's a mistake. That's not a mistake. That's ignorance. That's different. <laughs> all right. So um, I went a little bigger for my biggest surprise because, as Dave has mentioned earlier in the show, I'm not a fan of soccer. Um, I actually worked for Gillette Stadium, and I worked through, slogged through seven soccer seasons and probably one of the worst places in the in the MLS. But uh, I went to another MLS venue this year, as Dave was talking about, Allianz Stadium in St. Paul, home of Minnesota United FC. And as uh, my wife can testify, I, when we walked through those doors and first saw the pitch, I just stopped and said, wow. And then a couple minutes later, says, why the hell can't we get something like that out here? But I just thought the whole, uh, the setup is not fancy. It's simple stadium with, with the one concourse that goes right around the pitch and some seats down below, some seats up above. And I had the nice covering over overhead. Since the MLS season starts in February, that's probably really nice to have in St. Paul. Keep a little bit of the heat in. And it's not like a dome. It didn't cover the whole stadium so that the pitch is exposed to the elements, but the fans are protected. So it wasn't so nice the day we were there because it was 90 plus degrees. But still, uh, great stuff all around the stadium. That beer hall at one end of the stadium had to be the most popular place in the play in the uh, facility. Man, it was packed from the moment we got there an hour before the game until the end of the game. And the supporter section is the one thing soccer has that the other sports just don't have. I yeah. mean, we talk about maybe college sports, having having that a little bit with the atmosphere and the pep band and the student sections. But man, supporter sections just take that the next the next notch above. So everything about Allianz Field, I just loved it. And uh, we did an obstructed views about it. And Dave said, so does this make you want to go to more soccer matches? And I said, yeah, now, like I, now I'll consider it. Absolutely. If more of them are, are like Allianz Field or close to it, I will be there. So, so that was stay my away biggest. from NYCFC for a few years. That, yeah, they're the building a new one, right? Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's the schedule came out. They're not quite splitting, but about a third of their games are going to be at City Field this year. Nice. Which I is that no better? Worse? Yeah. Is that better? I I would think it's it's a good transition point since. That's the new uh, soccer stadium is going to be built out in Queens. So yeah, well, I'm hoping they knock down all those like chop shops and use auto parts that have you know lined Flushing Meadows since I was a kid and make that into like a party destination with the soccer field, 
baseball, uh, you know, the tennis uh, academy, you know, just have it like a kind of like a little battery section they have in a, outside of Atlanta. So, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, the New England Revolution, how come they don't build a cool soccer-specific stadium? Just no interest? They're fine with – Oh, um, they've been trying. Let's see, let- the MLS has been around for – this was their 25th season this year? 96, they for, started, yes. Yeah, they've so been just trying about- for 25 years to get yeah. one. Uh, the problem is, you know, Fox Bros out. They Bob Kraft owns all the land all around yeah. in miles in every direction around Gillette. But could, could they build something in Boston in a neighborhood? That's, that's the goal. All their fans, yeah, nobody wants to come to Foxborough for a yeah. soccer game. I mean, and most of their fans come from Boston or come from Providence. Yeah, so they've been looking in one city or the other. And okay. um, for those of you who are familiar with Boston sports or Boston politics, look how long it took the Bruins to get a replacement for the Boston Garden. And where did it end up? Right nine inches away from the old one. Um, the Red Sox back in the 70s tried, yeah, to get a new, tried to get a new stadium to replace Fenway Park. That's true. Couldn't do it. So they're still at Fenway Park. Um, yeah. The Patriots, they didn't want to be in Foxborough. But that's the only place they could build it. So No, no, you're absolutely right. Boston, uh, I talked to an old PR guy years ago. He's like, hey, nobody thought that team was going to survive in Boston. So it's like, okay, go to Foxborough, have fun. Yeah. So, yeah, just it. while they've been trying and trying and there's been proposal after proposal and plan after plan, it just it just hasn't happened. So Yeah, and that's too bad because if you think about all the stadiums in the MLS, they want them in a walkable neighborhood in Foxborough. It's definitely well, you could walk to – Nothing. Well, they have, they do have the uh, unless it's place a, now, but unless the place has been, I mean, has, has been built up. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you'd like to see that because you're right. Min- Minnesota, Cincinnati, Columbus, Austin. In the uh, show alone, we talked about Nashville. They have five. beautiful, beautiful soccer specific stadiums that, you know, really catapult the fan experience to a next level. And if you're used to seeing games in New England, you, you don't know better. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I'd like to have this. And there's nothing wrong with going to a game at Gillette. It's just when you when I stepped into Allianz Field, I was transported into a new world. It's like yeah. stepping up from uh, Ned Skelton Field up to uh, Fifth Third Park. Yep. Same. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Good analogy. It would be I, – I don't know if they if this could ever happen, but I, it would be a whole different world if you could if you could draw – like Sounders or United Atlanta United crowds possibly out to Foxborough. Right. And, but I don't know how they would do that now at this point. Right. Like those are teams that were drawn those big, massive numbers right out of the gate. And yeah, to, to, to build from, uh, you know, 20,000 to 40,000 or 50,000. That's a really, and you know, I, I tough, we kind of got off deal. on this tangent, but I don't know if the revs could draw that much if they open the top. They don't. They keep the top closed because I don't think they want just a couple thousand or a few thousand up in those upper decks. So it's easier just to cap it at the lower decks. Well, they'd have to have that lower deck completely sold out for them to consider opening up the top. And <clears throat> by the sounds of it, you know they don't have it completely sold out. So um, they come close. They average about nineteen thousand, with with the lower deck. I think capacity is twenty. So, so uh, yeah. And I went to Gillette Stadium for a soccer game earlier this year too. So I guess I hit the top and the bottom of the MLS. 
<laughs> the rest is just the meat in the sandwich. All right, so that is our oh Dan, any uh any comments from the uh from the gallery? No, not a one. No. He's I, fired. Yeah, jeez. Oh, it's tough night. It's the holidays. The, People are busy. Last one of the yeah. year. It's twenty. It's. <laughs> I'm down. You're lucky I'm on medicine. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell one of our regulars. Hey, cool. Ash is not in there today because I saw. No, she's not. She's at a. Yeah, yeah, she's at a Christmas party. Yeah, you see that dress? She's not. She's not listening to the podcast today. She is all dressed up. All I'm right, so. That's all the time we have for tonight. We want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, and you know what? Don't feel free. Even if you're watching this at a later date, you're watching this on YouTube, there are comments you can give there. Feel free to feel free to chime in. Let us know what your favorites of 2022 were. And we'll get started on 2023 real soon. So, Dan, where can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan. Well, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Dan183. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Dan Dan did make an appearance earlier this week on the Preston and Steve show, WMMR. So you can find that too if you look it up. Right there. That's them. Yeah, Preston and Steve action figures. There's the, here's my. Uh... He's going to play with them when we get off the uh, no, no, no. It's uh, oh, Bobble, the, Philadelphia, huh? the Philadelphia Wings did them. Uh, and that's before they moved. Uh, and left their headquarters in Conchahawken right around the, the original corner. Wings. So whatever. But yes, Preston and Steve have bobbleheads from uh, Philadelphia Wings. Nice. And uh, they didn't even see him. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So yeah, yeah, check out check out Dan's appearance. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank I'll you. I'm just saying that because you're my friend. And I'll watch it after tonight's episode. <laughs> it, listen, I I was doing that. <laughs> You were and once once I heard Invisible Touch, I was like, all right, we're good. I know that they, they play that because they know you're a huge Genesis fan. Is that your favorite Genesis song or you know? Sorry, I, I, I wouldn't think so. No, I wouldn't sorry, think so. I'm not editing that. Well, I'll edit that. Misunderstanding. Uh, no, oh but god, what's that, my but favorite? it's got like the peppy intro to it. So yeah. what's my favorite Genesis song? That's not fair. And that's like asking who your favorite child is. I can answer that one. Yeah, me. <laughs> Don't ask me. Well, Zuri. Uh, my favorite dog. I just married one off last week, so now I got. I can't. I can't answer. I can't answer that. Duke's travel. Wow. All right. What? Pulling out the obscure references, brother. Jeez. <laughs> me and Sarah. I always answer behind the lines. Me and Sarah Jane's fantastic. Means I I love that song. Uh, here here we'll do it by error since you mentioned it. Okay. Uh, right now the Gabriel era, Can Utility and the Coastliners, Collins era, Me and Sarah Jane, uh, uh, Small Talk from the album nobody listened to after Phil left. Forever, aren't we? There we're done. What did All you right. just say? <laughs> what did you say? The Trick of the Tail is a great song from like it's the a progressive rock days. Yeah, that's a it's a great song. No, no, Genesis. That's something. You know, those those guys were always on the radio back in the eighties into what's, the nineties. What's Mark pulling these goddamn references of Genesis out all of a sudden? Never knew this about Mark. Did you? Goddamn I, six years, and he's pulling out Goose <laughs> Travels and yeah, Trick of the Tail. What the what the hell? I like Misunderstanding. That's a song that I when have, it comes on, just I have a Duke. Put I can't move. I'll I'll send you a picture. Um, 
in the chat, but right above the camera shot is a Duke poster. Yeah, it's when a classic, they released uh, the album, uh, and Phil's wearing a Vancouver Canucks jersey, and that's why I put it up. It's one of my favorite posters. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, Mark. Where yeah, can but enough listeners... about me. But about you guys. Oh, that was great, Mark. Where can our listeners follow you? And you got any uh, trips planned for the next couple of weeks before we join together again? Yeah, you can follow me at the ballpark at Ballpark Hunter uh, YouTube. I got some great videos. I have some great podcasts coming up on the Ballpark Hunter channel. I interview uh, somebody from the Falkland Islands Hockey Association. They took an old minor league hockey jersey from New Jersey. From years ago and they made it their own uh, you can check that article out on stadium journey the brand new stadium journey website uh feel free won't cost you anything and uh make you a little smarter too so follow me on uh, ballpark hunter on twitter as well and instagram uh where am i going i'm going to chicago to see the family so may may try to get some tickets to see the blackhawks or northwest basketball that doesn't work out. I may trake, make trakeish, make trick, get my trachea out. No, uh, may take a drive to Evansville. Check out the Evansville Thunderbolts at the Ford Center, so all the Southern Professional Hockey League fans can chastise me on uh, Facebook again. And then uh, there's the Southern Indiana University. They became D1, and they have a brand not a couple years old uh, arena that I would like to review. And there's some high school venues there I'd like to check out. So may go down to Southern Indiana, Don Manley and uh, Gil Hodges land to check out some uh, basketball and hockey. So we'll see. We'll see if that all works out. It's the holidays. Things change. We're supposed to get like a lot of snow. So that can. Are you getting that super cold that's coming through too in your neck of the woods? It's getting cold. Actually, it wasn't that bad today. I was just wearing this sweater outside with no jacket, but. Everybody says we're going to have a white Christmas. I don't know if that's true or not. So we'll yeah, find out. 60 below windchill in Denver tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All don't right. miss that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, All right, Dave, where can our listeners follow you? And you have, you got anything planned? You do have lots planned for the next Do I fortnight. have anything planned? Hello. Big trip winner. Big trip winner. I'm going to make my very first ever trip to the Lone Star State. Really? Oh, Never geez. been. Nice. Get some barbecue. And really? Man, are we packing it in. So uh, Jackson and I are driving. Uh, everybody else is flying. So why drive? That'll be so fun. You can stop places on the way and stop places on the way back. So uh, here's my itinerary. Oklahoma City Thunder, Texas Christian Horned Frogs Basketball, wow. Dallas Mavericks, uh, Texas Arlington Mavericks Basketball, Dallas Stars. Uh, the rodeo, we're going to the rodeo in Fort Worth. They do rodeo every Friday and Saturday night. Uh, Southern Mes- Methodist Mustangs basketball. I drove by that rodeo yard. It looked interesting. It's yeah, in Fort Worth. Fun. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Dallas uh, Sidekick Soccer, right? Arkansas Razorbacks basketball. Bellarmine? 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 In Kentucky? Bellarmine? Bellarmine Knights basketball. Yeah. Freedom Hall and go to the Cotton Bowl. Last second throw in there. So you can follow all those adventures on Twitter and Instagram at ProFan9. So, Amy, you once said you don't want Dave turning into me. Guess (laughs) what? He's worse than I ever. I I was just at Bellarmine in uh, (laughs) January. Went to the Knights game in January. Freedom Hall. 
No, no. What she went, what she meant was she yeah. didn't want to have to tag along to all of the stuff. So you're driving all the way to Dallas. <laughs> you know I what? I, Pam, Pam may have reached her limit because be she fun. doesn't tag along as much as she used to. No. Okay. I may do that. I may just drive just to tag Texas and meet up with you just because <laughs> I have the time. <laughs> well, and 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 I'm I'm forcing my son to uh, to stop with me on the when we head back north. Uh, our first stop on the way back is going to be to South Fork, which is, of course, the ranch from the TV show Dallas. So, oh yeah, oh, that's and, a real place. Yeah. yeah, is that still popular? Because I, I don't I don't know. I, I'll let you yeah. know, but uh, yeah, it could be. Nobody he wants just, to go to that with me at all. <laughs> well, I mean, the... Andy Gibb, Victoria Principal, Pam, Dallas. Can you go stand Gibb. in the grass field that was the sportatorium? Just stand there. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can drive by and, and take a picture of, of where it used to be for you. Look, grass. <laughs> Definitely get some barbecue in Dallas. You Cadiz, won't be disappointed. Corner of Cadets and Industrial. Are you exactly. still going to be in Fort Wayne for the one basketball game? No, no, okay. we're heading the other way. We were, we were thinking about it, but it was yeah. going to take us longer to go that way. You're so that's why this. we're going to Kentucky. Okay, you're not driving to Indianapolis at all. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Oh, yeah. I see Otherwise, where you're going. I'd throw snowballs at you. So you're going through Dayton? Probably. Okay. 75. Yeah, I know where you're going. Okay. Okay. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. All right. And uh, let's see. My turn. For me, you can follow me online at PuckmanRI. I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I don't have many followers. I got like 40, but they're all awesome. Um, Next, the next couple of weeks, let's see. Christmas being on a weekend really mess with me. Actually, uh, there might be a big, uh, big event for the UMass Dartmouth crowd tonight. Coach Brian Baptiste, this team is playing down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in the tournament. I can't think of the name of the tournament, but he is going for his 700th career victory. He is the leading all time active coach in wins. So, well, we may we may have another ceremony to do next year when when they get back to southeastern Massachusetts. Ah, uh, where am I headed next couple of weeks? I'm taking a road trip next weekend. Not as big as Dave's. No. Um, the Providence Bruins are playing in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hershey does a whole bunch of stuff for New Year's Eve, so we're going down to the Giant Center New Year's Eve. We got our tickets already. And on the way back, we haven't decided where we're going to go. Here are our choices. For the uh, for New Year's Day, so that would be the Sunday. We got the New York Giants, we got the New Jersey Devils, and if either of those right now, those are a little expensive for Pam, but we'll probably end up doing one of those two. But if not, if she decides to cheap out on me, uh, NCAA basketball, we got a choice of Manhattan Jaspers, Iona Gales, Temple Owls, or Fairfield Stags. Well, where do we need a review from? All That's... four of them. <laughs> all four of those. Do uh, all four. I, Tell Pam yeah, all they're four. all at the same time. I don't know if that's possible. Um, well, well, I know I Stephen Key's doing like the Devils game. But yeah. uh, somebody's doing the Devils, I think. And the He's Giants, doing... I don't know if anybody did the Giants. So The, the giant sardine can, is that what somebody if, referred to it as? <laughs> if Pam has her way, it will be the Devils. So yeah. it'll be the oh. Devils. Yeah, bring him some mojo. They've no, lost I don't want the to. They're right behind Boston. I don't want they to. Lost they lost it. They lost. I don't know. They've lost the last like week. All right. So uh, well, uh, they're not doing right real hot right now. I know. Don't remind me. Okay. Uh, I will not. Three nothing. Yeah. So that's what I'm <laughs> that, that's all it is. Okay. I thought I could... Yeah. 
Now, remember, you can find all of our, well, most of our 2500 stadium reviews. You can find a sprinkling of news items and some other feature stories. Our Major League Baseball rankings article is coming out on Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas from Stadium Journey. Yeah. Find that on our new website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. If you're looking for audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast, search HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. Video simulcasts can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And you can, at no charge, join us for our live streams every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern-ish at danlaw.tv. We will be but back I'll take in- charge. Yeah, you can you, you can actually pay for I will take charge. Life. Dan is not too proud Either subscribe that. or paypal.me forward slash Dan Lawyer 3. In two weeks, we're going to get back together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Three weeks? What's the date on that, Dave? I have no friggin' idea. The 10th? January the 10th? Uh, we will be joined by Ashvin Ladd. Am I correct? Yep. I got his name right. Awesome. Awesome me. And we're going to be talking about the World Cup. He was there in, in guitar, so we're going to talk about the venue. He doesn't write for us anymore, does he? I don't believe he does. He did. He, he wrote did. really well. He did, yes. So we'll talk about the uh, World Cup venue. So that will be wicked awesome. So as always, thanks everybody for your support and for tuning in. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul. Wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games. Get out down the road, 2023. 12 months till our next end of the year episode. See you soon, guys.